Today, I have with me a very special guest, and his name is Seth Mohan. He is known for his work in Christmas Chronicles, Schitt's Creek, and Designated Survivor, as well as several other Canadian and international shows and films. Born in New Delhi, India, he came to Canada as a young teenager. He began his artistic journey in radio in 2006, producing and co-hosting the morning show, the morning radio, uh, the morning radio show in Toronto on AM 530. Following his first foray into the creative world, he took up dancing, singing alongside radio. Soon after, he took improv classes at the Toronto Second City and to develop the skill of listening and performing under pressure. And in 2011, he spent 45 days in the pristine islands of the Philippines while competing for the top spot on Survivor India. Following his success on Survivor India, he moved to Mumbai in 2012 to pursue his dream of working alongside Bollywood icons like Farhan Akhtar and Vidya Balan in Shadi Ke Side Effects. He trained with Anupam Kher in, as, at his Actors Prepares Academy during his period in India. And while living in Mumbai, he teamed up with local talent and co-founded Bottoms Up Productions, a new media creative house where he wrote and conceptualized short films for the urban youth. Now living in Toronto, aside from acting, Seth also teaches yoga, and he has a YouTube channel called The Kaizen Man, through which he spreads his passion for fitness, health, and lifestyle. Since 2019, Seth has turned his attention towards writing and directing independent projects, including two TV pilots and a feature script. So quite the bio, quite the intro. Welcome, Seth. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, you got a lot going on. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, I just want to know, what does creativity mean to you? Um, and tell me, tell us about your creative practices. Um, I think for me, creativity is kind of something that is, it, it's, it's tough to define in a singular kind of, I guess, way of practice. For me, creativity is really just a form of self-expression. It's a form of authentic self-expression where you're not just, you know, communicating your ideas, you're communicating your thoughts, but you're actually trying to communicate the essence of what makes you who you are, what makes an artist who they are. And I think for me, that is creativity. It's really trying to take what is the most innermost, innermost part of you and then trying to communicate that to an external expression, whether that's through music, whether it's through you know, film or, or, you know, visual art, whatever the, the medium may be, but creativity, I think, is an inner expression. That's a good answer. Um, you've, been, you've been around the arts for a very long period of time. How did your, your upbringing and your family influence your approach to the arts? Uh, you know, so I, I think I was pretty fortunate that my parents are both artistic in their own ways. My dad, you know, taught me how to sketch. He saw that I was interested in sketching at a very young age. So he kind of encouraged that. So I remember as a kid, I was always just like, you know, I was obsessed with faces. I would, I would just sketch and sketch for hours and just come up with these like characters in my head. And I would, you know, I remember like I would dress them up in a certain way or I would like make portraits and like give them piercings or whatever. Like I would just sketch for hours. That's what I did as a kid. And my parents were both really into music. So I remember, you know, I grew up in Delhi and in Delhi in the, in the summertime when it gets really hot, we had a, with a terrace. In the evenings, we would put water on the terrace just to cool it down. And then we would actually sleep outside in the open. 
And I remember those nights, sometimes we would just like put like mattresses down and like, you know, stay up to like one, two in the morning and my parents would be singing and I would just kind of like be hanging out with them. And I just kind of, you know, they just took, took that all in and had that exposure to music and, and art from a, from a young age. You know, we don't really think about it, but like, even like for me as well, like I grew up around just seeing my parents just sit around a circle with their friends and sing. And we don't really think about it as being like artic artistic practice or creative expression. We kind of just see it as being normal. Um, yeah. And I, it made me realize how fortunate we are to even just be brought, to be brought up like that, to have creative expression being so allowed. Because mm -hmm. I know that there's some people that they, they, they've grown up with in, they've grown up in a culture where creative expression is not, it's kind of frowned upon and it's not really, you know, whether it's seen as like a passion or a hobby, it's just that at least it's there in front of you. It's, it's seen as something that it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay for you to do in yeah. one way or another. So we're very, very lucky, I would say, in that sense. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I want to know, like, you, you've actually received formal training uh, in acting. You've received formal training in improv. And, you know, there are, there are tons of professionals that haven't received formal training. How do you feel that the training that you that you've taken has helped you along your journey? So I think for me, like the training that I, that I took was kind of in some regards an afterthought. Now, in some ways it was a preparation and in some ways it was an afterthought. And I know, and I, I know that's kind of a like conflicting answer. And I'll, I'll try to answer it in the best way I can. So I wanted to, so I didn't go to film school. I didn't really in high school, I wasn't part of drama or anything like that. I just knew I had this desire to want to be an actor. I wanted to be in the film world. I love watching movies. I, I love breaking down stories in my family. We would always kind of quote dialogues back and forth, but I never really had like a, a real training. So I thought, you know, if I kind of take some classes and I was also shy, you know, and I think also, I think partially for me as a South Asian at that time, you know, in my early twenties, it was a difficult thing for me to even confess to myself that I want to be an actor. It was a difficult thing to, for me to say, you know, forget out loud, but even to myself. And I think um, the training kind of helped me to legitimize that desire in a way that I was like, okay, you know, there's something I want to do and I'm taking the steps to train for it. So that way it was a little bit of a preparation. But in, in some ways, like, you know, you mentioned Survivor and the way that Survivor happened was completely by coincidence. Now, for me, like, you know, if you, if you believe in the part, power of manifestation that for me was literally manifestation like defined like I had this desire at that time to move to India to work in Bollywood because that's really where I thought I wanted to be in the long term and you know but it was a big decision to leave my life here leave everything here and move to India and and you know pursue acting there and through a complete stroke of luck Survivor came into my lap and I ended up being on the show ended up doing pretty well on the show and was a finalist and to shoot the finale they called the whole team all the contestants in the studio in bombay and they put us up in a hotel and i got paid to be on the show and I, at that point i was literally like i was thinking to myself if there was ever a time that was perfect for me to move to india this is it you know i've already been on a show my name's kind of out there my face is out there and so i just I just took the leap of faith and I moved to India. And that's when I went to Unbum Cares, Actor Prepares. Up until that time, I'd actually never taken any acting classes. 
I'd done improv and things like that, but I never had been in front of the camera. I never did anything like that. After Survivor is when I was like, okay, well now I got to like learn how to do some of this acting stuff. So that's what I mean by in some ways it was preparation. In some ways it was an afterthought because kind of fortune pushed me into the direction that I wanted to go in. And I think for me, um, you asked, you mentioned the word success early. And I think, I think for me, opportunity plus preparation is what, luck and successes i think when you're you have an opportunity and you're prepared that's you know that's how things happen i like that man um and what's really cool about your story is that you've had the opportunity to work on productions in india you've had the opportunity to work on productions in north america um talk about the, those two experiences and like what like similarities and differences between you know working on productions on both sides of the world yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I do think I'm quite fortunate to have had that experience. Like I've worked on, you know, very low budget indie sets, both here and in India. I've worked on, you know, high budget movies, like Hollywood productions here and big budget Indian movies as well. Um, and I think for me, the thing that I love about being on set is that there's always this shared and common goal of moving in a certain direction right? Everybody that's there is there for a reason. And they want to get this, they want to get the next shot. They want to get the next scene. They want to get this, whatever thing they're filming and move towards that end. And for me, that kind of like collaborative energy is that is, I think is common, whether it's in India, whether it's here, that collaborative energy is there. I think in terms of the approach, it, it is quite different. I think here in North America and Hollywood, I find the experience that I've had is it's, it's a lot more approachable like I as a not a very well-known actor have access to a director I can go up to them I can talk to them I can you know discuss my ideas in the scene with them in India as a non-established actor you really don't have that access you really have to be the a-list actor the lead actor to even approach the director and to have you know a, a minute or two of chit chat with them so for me it's the it's the kind of democratization of of the artistic expression here that I value here. If you're an artist, you're an actor, it doesn't mean, doesn't matter if you're there on the set for one day, for one scene, doesn't matter if you're, you know, the lead of the film, you have access to everybody that's there. Whereas in India, it's not the case. If you're there for a scene or a day, you're kind of just like treated like, um, sometimes I, I like to call it human furniture. <laughs> human furniture. I've, I've never heard that term before. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but thanks for the, thanks for the insight, man. Um, and you know, how has your, how have your um your South Asian roots how have they inspired you in your creative process and and in your art making? That's a good question. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I grew up watching a lot of films with my family, and I really just I think films have a way of taking you to a place that you don't normally experience in a day-to-day -day life. And I think I grew up watching a lot of films. So I, I was able to kind of escape into these realities that didn't exist. And I think being South Asian, especially having since moved back to, to Canada and, and working in Toronto, I think, I think I have this real desire, this real drive to represent South Asians on screen here. And I think one of the things that kind of, took me to India when it did 10 years ago was I always thought that, you know, 
there's not really any opportunities for me in North America as an Indian, as a South Asian actor, the only place I can make it is Bollywood, right? But and having seen that landscape change over the over the years and having seen more opportunities come up, I really want to I feel like I want to be in the forefront of that and and represent South Asians on screen, not just in a way that is stereotypically done in the past, you know, as like cab drivers or convenience store clerks or, you know, sometimes a Taliban and stuff like that, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've been fortunate that I haven't had to do anything like kind of stereotypical up until now in my career. I haven't had to do an accent or anything like that, which I'm really thankful for. But I think for me, I just want to see, you know, a, a lead actor happen to be South Asian, right? It doesn't have to be a film about a brown guy. It's just a person who happens to be South Asian. Oh, that's awesome. And I, 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 I'm with you on that. Um, how do you feel about where we're headed right now in North America in regards to South Asian representation in TV and film? Do you think we're in a good place right now? Um, I'd just like to hear your thoughts. Give me a second. Let me just let the dog out. Sure. My bark again. Sorry about that. All good. Do you want me to repeat the question or are you good? No, I'm good. Um, so I think I, I do think that there's been a trend over the last few years in which we're moving in the direction of more representation. And I always kind of look at, I think commercials tend to be a good leading indicator to use an investing analogy to yeah. see kind of where things are headed if you if you watch commercials right now uh, yeah. you see a lot of south asian representation yeah you see mixed couples same sex yeah. couples you see a lot of that kind of stuff yeah totally right and you've seen that happen which means so commercials because they're the lowest budget things to make they're quick to produce and they have a shorter kind of life cycle they tend to be the ones that can experiment the most, right? So you're seeing in, in commercials already that kind of stuff happening. You're seeing people with different abilities um, being represented. You're seeing a lot of diversity in commercials. And I think that as a leading indicator will kind of give us, give us an idea of where, because once commercials start to work with that type of a framework, then TV shows will take that on, right? Then we'll have movies take that on. And we know, because at the end of the day, like I don't hold anything against the industry per se, because you know, films and TV, especially it's, there's always a commerce component to it. It's not just pure art. It's not someone just taking up a camera, filming something for what they love to do. There's always a commercial aspect to it. And when there's a commercial aspect to it, there has to be something that is considered a safe investment, right? And in a, in a safe investment, people will invest in what's already established, right? And just, be, just the way the system's set up, what's already established is people who are you know, like historically kind of part of the industry, people who are Caucasian, those are the ones who have been in the industry longest and they were the most established. So they are not only are they in decision-making positions, they're also the ones who are most represented on screen. But as that starts to shift, I think we will see um, more representation. I think what I really want to see is rather than focusing on the on-screen representation, I think really where change happens is when the people behind the screen are diverse. Because if I'm a diverse person making a story, my story is going to be diverse. I don't have to think about that. Whereas if I'm a non-diverse person writing a story, I have to then think about diversity. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? So for me, it's it's the people behind the, behind the screen, it's people who are in decision-making powers. When they start to be diverse themselves, then the diversity on screen question kind of takes care of itself because they will just naturally be 
it, it, like I said, it's an inner expression, right? So yeah. whatever yeah. you've experienced yourself, when you put that out there, it's going to represent who you are. It's funny because sometimes when you watch a show and you see, you know, a character that's a person of color and you see the way this character is portrayed in their dialogue, you're, you just think to yourself like, person of color did not write that character. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> it, right? It's sometimes you can tell it's an afterthought. It's like, oh, like we need, we need a person of color. We need a person of like, you know, X diversity. Yeah. And, yeah. and it totally, it shows. And it, it, it kind of, to me, that, that actually insults me more than just not seeing that. Mm-hmm. agreed agreed um and you know knowing that this industry can be difficult in regards to finding work then having projects being green lit and then you know time you know all this time in between i'm sure the process can be long requires a ton of patience yeah. how do you stay motivated throughout the entire process so i think for me i i realized a long time ago and this is something that i learned in india actually in india i went with the goal of making it i had this idea of making it whatever that means and i thought that you know in three years i'll be a superstar it didn't happen right and i because i was trying to push for this goal that was really unrealistic and, and i say this often to myself it's that life is a marathon i was running it like a sprint and I just ran out of gas. So when I was in India, I ran out of gas completely. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I moved back, right? And at the time, that felt like a failure to me. But what that taught me is that you can't force the pace of success. You can't force the pace. Whatever the pace is, it's, it is, right? And, the, and you mentioned, like, how do you stay motivated through the process? Well, I actually just focus on the process itself, I don't think about the end goal. Like I don't go into an audition thinking about like, oh, if I get this role, you know, it'll be good for my career because it will put me in this position and then I'll get this. You know what I mean? These, no, this is where I'm at right now. This is my process. And I just stay in the process because at the end of the day, and this is something that I kind of, you know, even making films, it's very similar to that because when you watch a movie, the movie is 90 minutes, two hours, max, right? Three hours at the very most, if it's an Indian movie. But if you think about the time that's spent in making that movie, it's so much longer, right? It can be anywhere from a month to six months to a year. So the process of making the film is where the majority of the time is spent, right? The experience of actually watching that movie is a fraction of that time. So because you spend so much more time in the process anyway, why not just enjoy the process and not worry about the outcome? And that's kind of how I stay motivated. It's like, I don't think about the outcome. I just stay in the process. Awesome. And I think that's probably, that's definitely some good advice for, you know, listeners that are, you know, looking to get into the industry right now. Um, and you are also, Seth, you are also a jack of all trades. You know, you start off with acting, you know, going into yoga and now doing writing and directing. Is it difficult to keep the, the same passion and love for all your different, all the different art forms? Again, like, you know, I said, for me, creativity, like even when I, when I, structure yoga class i don't think about it ahead of time necessarily in in that like oh after this pose i will do this pose and i will do this pose i just teach the class and i read the room right i read the room and in the moment i will come up with poses i will come up with transition from one pose to the other so you know and i love to make yoga playlists so i have like you know like I don't know how many yoga playlists I have, which are, you know, like I have a cadence to them. They start off slow, they build up and then they go down in pace. And I love to kind of use music as a way of structuring my class. So it, for me, that's just creativity, just in a different form, right? Or if I'm 
if I have an experience, to me, it's my life, but I can also see the creativity in that if I turn that into a story. And then there's, you know, like, like Heatwave, for example, it's, it's a film about a couple that, you know, it's, it's stuck, they're stuck at home during COVID, can't go anywhere. It's a heat wave, their AC breaks down. And now they, you know, they're, it's hot in the house and what do they do? It's a, it's a difficult situation, right? And we all face those difficult situations at one degree or the other. It can be much harder, much easier, but the difficult situations are there. And for me, that film is about what do you do when things get tough? How do you respond to challenging situations, right? So the, the solution that the couple comes up with is not only like it, it, it elevates that kind of experience for them, it creates a memory that forever will be with them, right? And so it's taking something that happens to you and then how do you respond to it? So for me, like living life and experiencing life and being present and that's something that I, you know, try to you know, practice in yoga, practice in life and just being present with what I'm going through and then seeing, you know, what is, what are the lessons to be learned here? And then taking that and then, you know, putting that into a script, putting that into, you know, a story or, or anything like that. So it's, I don't really think about it. Like I'm doing multiple different things. I just think about like in this moment, what is the best way to express what I'm thinking or feeling? Awesome. And for those of the listeners that don't know, um, Heatwave is actually a project that Seth uh, worked on. It's a short film. Um, and where can we check? Can we can we watch Heatwave online somewhere? Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a Vimeo link. Um, I'll be happy to you know share that anytime. Yeah. And in fact, the link is about to go live because the film had a pretty successful um, festival run over the last year. It got into festivals in Spain, in India, um, a bunch of festivals in North America. Um, so it's done quite well all over the world. So now it's kind of like, you know, it's ready to kind of transition to more um, open viewing. So I will be, I will be doing a premiere for it uh, at some point. I was hoping to do in person, you know, screening at some point, but I think that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but absolutely the film will be uh, ready for open viewing very soon. Awesome. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned that you're now kind of, sh- your focus is now more into like writing and directing um, what projects are you currently working on and like what is next for you? What projects are, are next, um, are, up, are up and coming? So the last couple of years, um, I've been focusing on just making my writing stronger and working on longer format. So I started by writing a 20 minute pilot with a creative partner. Uh, now we have two pilots for comedy, workplace comedies that we've worked on that we've you know, kind of workshopped. Uh, one of them is in actually um, development with a producer. And then now I'm challenging myself to go a step further, which is to, to work on a feature. So this past year over the winter, you know, we were in lockdown. So I used that time to complete my first feature script. Um, so that's kind of something that I will be revisiting now, you know, now that summer's over and time to start, you know, sitting in, inside more. So I'll be working, reworking that uh, script. And I also have other um, features that I want to write. So I think for me, going forward, I, I really want to see um, TV shows and, and features that I can write and get funding for. Because that's the biggest challenge, especially in Canada, is getting funding. Um, like I said, you know, there's always that commerce aspect to things and you have to have a certain track record, a certain background to show um, your credibility or legitimacy. And so part of that is, you know, making short films and getting recognized as a, a budding director. 
And then also having these more ambitious projects that you can say, well, look, I can do this for cheap on my own, but to do this, I need money. So help me, right? It's kind of, they go hand in hand. Awesome, man. Um, and, um, you know, you, you've given us you know, a lot of advice today, a lot of wisdom, um, but I wanted to ask you for any upcoming, you know, writers, directors, actors that are, you know, looking to get into this business and, you know, perhaps feeling, you know, frustrated um, because perhaps, you know, it's not happening as quickly as they, they imagined or it's not happening the way that they had imagined. Um, yeah. What advice do you have for those creatives? You know, firstly, I'll say that that's going to happen. You're, you are the frustration is is going to happen. There's no way that you can be at least I don't think so. I, don't, I mean, and and any successful artist, if you look at their bio, if you look at their journey, they've had their frustrations, they've had their rejections, right? And I think that's part of the process. You can't really, you can't unless you're a star kid, right? You're born into the Shah Rukh Khan family or born born into like a you know whatever. Khan Kapoor family, then you might just get your first project handed to you. For the rest of us, the rejection, frustration is a part of the process. So I think firstly, just accepting that frustration is going to happen. Rejection is going to happen. Again, it's those things will happen. How do you react to it, right? That's what, it, that's where your power is as an artist, as a person, is how you respond to things that happen to you. So I think firstly, I would, I would start with that. The second thing is, I think comparison is a big, big factor in what makes people get more frustrated because, you know, it's easy for me to look at, you know, people around me who I audition with, right? Like, you know, I can look at a Dave Patel, right? Let's just say, and, and, and him and I are not even in the closest of, of categories together. So it's just, I'm picking him as an example because he's so above my league at this given time, but I could look at him and be like, well, why can't I do a film like Dave Patel does, right? And as soon as I start to ask those kind of questions, I give up my power, right? I'm giving up my power. I'm not focusing no longer on what I can do today. I'm focusing on what someone else is doing and letting that frustrate me. So I think comparison is the biggest thief of joy, they say. And I think that's very true for artists. I, I find whenever I find myself, you know, getting into a, a, a funk, it's often because, you know, I was scrolling through Instagram and seeing people, you know, at this film festival or they're on set or whatever. And I'm not one of those people that posts on set. Like I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to be a working actor, but I just don't happen to, to post about it. But when I see other people posting about it, I'm always like, oh man, I'm not working. I should be working or, you know what I mean? Those kind of thoughts come up. So I just try to be very mindful. As soon as comparison starts to kick in, I, I try to nip it in the bud because I know that's not gonna take me down a good road. Love it, man. And where can we find you online on social media? Uh, well, like I said, I, you know, I'm not super, um, active on social media. I do have an Instagram account. You can find me at the Kaizen project. That's project with a K the dot Kaizen dot project, uh, YouTube. I have a channel. Um, you know, that's where I'm, I'm probably a little bit more active. Uh, the Kaizen man, um, it's a really a mishmash of my interests on there. You know, I have videos ranging from how to smoke, uh, beef brisket to, how to do yoga like it's literally like everything and, and everything in between that um, and that's just what i what i like and so you can find me there the kaizen man on youtube the kaizen project on instagram those are probably the the places where you can you know connect with me the easiest um yeah i don't have tiktok or snapchat or anything like that. <laughs> 
Awesome. And, uh, and your IMDb as well. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. The IMDb is, um, you know, it's funny. It's always these things that you see from afar that look so like impressive. Like when I hear my own bio, I'm like, wow, that guy sounds really cool. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's me. I guess I've done those things. Or like, if I see my IMDb resume, I'm like, oh, that, but when you go through it, it never seems or never feels as, as impressive to you as it does when it's looked at from afar. And I think that's, that, and that's advice as well. Like you, you can always look at someone else's resume and think that, oh, right. they've done so much work, but you look at your own and like, oh, that was just a little part in a short film or that was just a little bit of that. But, you know, everything that you do is part of the journey. It's part of the process. Awesome. Thank you, Seth. Thank you so much for doing this with us today. Yeah, this was a pleasure, man. Thanks. Great chatting with you. Awesome. Thank you.